Welcome to the next episode of Questions That Matter. Today, we are asking yet another pertinent question and that is, is Bible reliable? Can we trust the Bible to be authentic? How do we know that the guys who wrote it did not make up all the stuff? Joining me is Thomas Sakaria and we together hope this podcast will be a blessing to you. So Thomas, has there been objections raised about the reliability of the Bible? Yes, of course, many. Uh, in fact, uh, you will recall the book The Da Vinci Code, which became quite popular. And Dan Brown, in this book, questions the authenticity of the Bible. He writes, the Bible did not arrive from facts from heaven. The Bible is a product of a man, my dear. Not God, he says. The Bible did not fall magically from the clouds. Man created it as historic record of tumultuous times, and it has evolved through countless translations, additions, and revisions. And he says history has never had a definitive version of the book. Yes, that's right. I remember another book by Deepak Chopra called The Third Jesus, in which he says the facts about Jesus have vanished over time. The four Gospels are unreliable as evidence about the actual person. How can Bible meet its test when no other documents even shows that Jesus existed? Yes, you're right. Deepak Chopra too takes a hit at the reliability of the Bible. And there of course are many other people who do not trust the reliability of the scriptures. And perhaps what we could do is to take a look at the objections raised and ask ourselves, is the Bible a reliable document? How do we know that all that is written in there really happened? Are there any outside sources beside Bible that would collaborate the incidents mentioned in the Bible? Absolutely. I think we should not shy away from the objections that are raised. Rather, we should be able to look at them and be able to answer them. So when a historian would want to check the accuracy of any ancient document, he or she will run it through three primary tests to validate its uh, authenticity, to evaluate whether or not the documents are factual. The first one is the bibliographical test. The second is the internal evidence test. And the third one is the external evidence test. Hold on, let me get it right. They are bibliographical test, internal evidence test and the external evidence test. Correct. And the same criteria is used to assess whether or not the Bible is accurate and trustworthy. In other words, the Bible goes through the bibliographical test, the internal evidence test and the external evidence test too. Would you tell us more about it? Yes, of course. So first is the bibliographical test. Now, within the bibliographical test, the historians would ask two primary questions. The first one is, how many manuscript copies of the ancient documents are available? Second, how many years have lapsed between the actual event and its earliest surviving copy? And when you compare Bible with other ancient documents, what we have is an overwhelming, astounding number of manuscripts. Let me give you an example. Iliad by Homer has about 643 copies of the manuscript. History by Herodotus has 8 copies. Gallic Wars by Caesar has 10 copies of the manuscript. Aristotle's Poetics has only uh, about 5 manuscripts. Even the Quran has very few manuscripts uh, as the process of recording the Quran was controlled by Islamic leaders who burned any copies that contained variant readings. Whereas when you look at the New Testament, it has more than 20,000 copies of the manuscript. Yes, it has more than 20,000 copies of the early manuscripts. 5,300 in Greek, 10,000 in Latin and 9,000 miscellaneous copies of the New Testament. Now, the number of New Testament manuscripts are way too higher. Now, why is this important? It is because the more the number of copies we have, the more sure we are about the content and what might have been in the original. 
And uh, if you look at the second parameter, uh, we are asking the question, how many years have lapsed between the last written original and its earliest surviving copy? Now again, the gap in Iliad is 400 years. The gap in history by Herodotus is 1350 years. The gap in Gallic Wars is 100 years. And uh, you know, the, the Hindu Vedas were passed down orally over thousands of years, even before they were written down. So the gap is much, much higher. Whereas the gap in New Testament between the actual events and the earliest surviving copy is just about 50 years. What does this mean? The lesser the gap between the actual events and its earliest surviving manuscripts, the lesser the chances of legends or myths creeping into them, lesser the chances of interpolations in them. For example, when the disciples spoke and wrote about Jesus' life and resurrection, his readers to whom these events happened were actually still alive, meaning that his readers were free to check out the truth for themselves and protest against the details if they were wrong. So sooner it is written, the lesser the chances of deviating from what actually happens takes place. That's amazing. The Bible manuscripts are way plenty in number that any other ancient historic document and the gap between them is lesser too. Very interesting. Honestly, when it comes to the number of manuscripts available, literally no other ancient text would measure up to what we have for the New Testament. So to discount the historical reliability of the New Testament would then mean one will have to discount all of ancient literature as well. Yes, you're right. In fact, uh, John Warwick Montgomery would say to be skeptical of the resultant test of the New Testament books is to allow all of classical antiquity to slip into obscurity for no documents of the ancient period are as well attested bibliographically as the New Testament. How about variation in them? Are there any variations at all? Yes, now this is uh, yeah, part of the internal evidence test where you look at uh, you know, each of these manuscripts for variations in them. And yes, uh, there are variations, but these are what about 0.05 to 2.5 percentage of variation. And these variations are basically inconsequential. Uh, that is, these variations are found in spellings, numerical differences, uh, sentence or word order, changes, etc. Now, uh, it is Neil Lightfoot who says practically all of the variations found among the manuscripts do not affect our present text or any central belief of the faith. So what you're saying is there are variations but very minuscule and they do not affect the grand narrative of the scriptures. Yes, not at all. What is the external evidence test? Sure, external evidence test would look at uh, documents outside the community that will corroborate with the document that is studied. For example, does the work of secular historians of those time corroborate with what is written in the gospels or in the scriptures? Do they match up? And interestingly, we have many such writings from the secular historians. So for example, Talus, the Samaritan historian writes, uh, I mean, he talks about the darkness that occurred during the time of Jesus' crucifixion as an eclipse. Uh, Cornelius Tacitus, the Roman historian, uh, writes, Christus, the founder of the name, was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius. Uh, Mar Bar Serapion, the Syrian uh, historian, would uh, write saying, What advantage did the Jews gain by executing their wise king? It was, uh, in fact, after that the kingdom was abolished. Flavius uh, Josephus, the Jewish historian, would say, Now there was about this time Jesus a wise man, for he was a doer of good works, he was the Christ. Now, so as I said, there are many, many historical secular uh, writers who would write about the very life of Jesus Christ. Now, on the basis of this, it is uh, 
Edwin Yamauchi, the professor of history of the Miami University, who said that even if we did not have the New Testament of Christian writings, we would still be able to conclude from such non-Christian writings, such as Josephus, the Talmud, the Tacitus, the Pliny the Younger, about the life, the death and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, when Deepak Chopra says no other documents even shows that Jesus existed, we would point him to the many documents that already exist outside of the Bible, isn't it? Of course, yes. And the facts about Jesus have not vanished over time, as he says. It has actually been carefully recorded, not just by the gospel writers, but also by many secular historians. That's interesting. How about the Old Testament? Yeah, you see, as far as the Old Testament is concerned, till about 1947, the only Hebrew manuscript evidence before the Christian era was the Nash Papyrus. Uh, but all of that changed. All of that changed in the middle of the last uh, century. In uh, 1947, a shepherd boy accidentally stumbled upon what is now called as the Dead Sea Scrolls. This had scrolls from 3rd century BC to the 1st century AD. Uh, included one complete book of Isaiah, thousands of fragments which together represents every Old Testament book except the book of Esther. Interestingly, they all corresponded almost exactly to the Old Testament that we have today. So that means we could simply reconstruct the original on the basis of the overwhelming manuscript we have. Yes, certainly. And to counter Dan Brown's objection that the Bible has evolved through countless translations, additions and revisions and that history has never had a definitive version of the book, not really so. The exceeding number of manuscripts itself attest to what the originals were. And today I'm told archaeology is called as the fifth gospel. There are stunning data corresponding to the biblical accounts unraveled by the archaeologist, which of course adds to the authenticity of the biblical accounts. Absolutely. So what does this mean? This means if you're listening in and you haven't read the Bible, do read it just as the most reliable, the most historical and the most accurate account of events that has taken place in history. Besides, it not only tells you of events that happened in the past, but also proclaims truth and salvation. They will tell you how to do life and live life and be saved from the clutches of sin. Second, if you happen to be a Christian, do not ever be embarrassed about carrying this book called as the Bible in your hand. In your hand is a book of antiquity that has been so well preserved for thousands of years. And of course, read it with great reverence and learn from it. And when others would ask about this book, uh, do tell them, look, this is the most historic, the most accurate book, uh, you know, which has the most number of manuscripts, a book that is trustworthy indeed, a book that leads men from sin to the saving knowledge of God in Christ. Wonderful, so good to know this. The Bible we hold in our hand is the historically and factually accurate and can be trusted. Well, thank you so much for joining in. Hope this podcast has been a blessing. We will be right back next week. Till then, take care and God bless. Bless.